Hey, this is Gary Cerrone from Hurt Smile and Extreme, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Alexia from Children of Bodom, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello, everybody. This is Ryan Roxy from the Alice Cooper Band, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 385 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 385, we are joined once again by Ryan Roxy of Alice Cooper's band. Alice and the band are coming in to do a show on Friday, October 26th at Stage AE. Going to be doing a great uh, Halloween bash for... uh, Radio station WDVE, it's going to be a great time. Alice is always a fantastic band to see live. Uh, And the night before, for the second year in a row, you're going to get a chance to see the Alice Cooper Band, minus Alice, and and this time minus Nita Strauss as well. Uh, But the rest of the guys will be doing a show on the 25th, the night before, at the Smiling Moose on Carson Street in Pittsburgh. So if you're interested in that, uh, you can get tickets by calling 330-219-219. 0016. Let me repeat that phone number for you so you don't have to rewind. It's 330-219-0016. Tickets are $27. There's a very limited number of tickets to that event. Uh, they're going to be doing, uh, imagine, a great deal of cover songs, Alice songs, all kinds of great stuff. We'll get into that in the interview. Also, he has a new album called Imagine Your Reality. This is the fourth single. This is a song called Me Generation. We'll give a listen to that, and then we'll get into that interview with Ryan Rocks.
this is Dave with Iron City Rocks, and I'm here with Ryan Roxy of Alice Cooper to discuss his new solo album, Imagine Your Reality. How are you doing today, Ryan? Thanks for having me, man. I'm doing great. I'm in somewhere in the U.S. on tour. I believe today is Colorado Springs. Sweet, sweet. So, yeah, man, you got that new solo album, Imagine Your Reality. It just came out a couple months ago, and it's the first album under your own name, correct? That is correct. I, I guess I waited a little longer than most people do to start a solo career, but I figured better late than never. Yeah, that's cool, man. Cool, and I, I like the album. It has the like old school rock and roll vibe. You know that that type of music is slipping away so much in today's music world. So I like the fact that you're keeping it old school there with the rock and roll. <laughs> the mere fact that I'm keeping it old school, Dave, is because I am old school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, born and raised on uh, the Beatles and Cheap Trick and Aerosmith and all the bands that are now considered classic rock. At one point in my life, they were new rock. <laughs> Imagine that. Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty wild, you know, whenever you grow up and the stuff you listen to is like classic now, you know what I mean? That's crazy. <laughs> but I tried to make an album that really reflects the, that vibe and that feeling that I had when I, when I was listening to records back in those days and tried to update it with guitar tones and songs that sort of can be, you know, maybe in a way timeless. So you could listen to it in 2018 and it seems as current as it did back in the 90s or even before that. Right. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. So, yeah, you have four videos that you released for each of the singles, um, not in order, but To Live and to Die in L.A. I, I like the use of Grand Theft Auto footage there. Are you, are you a video gamer? Or was that just my a son's decision? a video gamer. No, my son's a video mm -hmm. gamer, and, I mean, the best video game I could play is Pong be honest with you <laughs> but, uh, but my but my son is really good at that stuff and, and I guess in this classic sense it has, does show my old schoolness because when I showed him the video he was like oh dude Grand Theft Auto that was a couple of years ago dad and I was like all right yeah I got you but at the same time then it, it's a throwback it's a little retro but we took the a compilation of the best Grand Theft Auto fails that you can have and we made a cool yeah. lyric video out of it the guy that does our lyric videos Gustav Kronfeldt He's done all of them so far, and the idea is to have a lyric video or some type of video for each song on the Imagine Your Reality album. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Keeping the social media thing, you know, going. That's that's definitely a good way to uh, get new music out there these days, for sure. Well, if I would have had the same social media when I was growing up, then I could have been making records when I was 13 years old because it was always about how do I get this music out to other people and have other people listen to it. And nowadays, that is the one great advantage for kids that are playing in bands. They have the tools, the same tools that major labels and major record labels have so they can record their albums in their homes, they can make them good quality sound, and they can actually release them themselves out onto the social media platform and gain big audiences without having any huge costs or any sort of need for a record company. Right. Cool. Yeah, so, and then the song Me Generation, it seems like a lot of musicians nowadays um, are really, you know, targeting the youth and how they communicate. And, like, you know, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think that people are so self-absorbed in technology today that it's like 
you know, communication the old school way is like slipping away? Well, you know, I, like I said earlier, I come from the old school, but I can appreciate the new school and all the challenges that they have. Because as, as much technology as we have, that means they have that many more choices. People ask me, oh, how do I become a guitar player? If I want to become a guitar player, how do I? I say, you focus on it and you concentrate on it and you really work on it. Work on that one thing. The unfortunate thing for millennials and the whole new generations that's coming out is that there's so many choices that, that people are given, and they can't really focus on one thing. So it's not such sort of a matter of people being so self-absorbed. It's a matter of them being hit by so many different options of what they should listen to, what they should look at, what they should see, what they should – so, you know, it's it's only getting more and more uh, time consuming. Whereas when I was growing up, I could focus for hours and hours on playing guitar because there wasn't that much else to do. Yeah, yeah, I see that. That's 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 definitely a good point for sure. Um, California man, that had to be fun for you to record because you mentioned you know growing up with Cheap Trick earlier in the interview, and uh, on this one you got to actually record it with Robin Zander as a guest on the track, so that, that had to be cool. That's a rock and roll dream come true, to have the fa- your favorite lead singer growing up actually say yes to guest re- vocaling on one of your songs on your album. So definitely one of the top rock moments for me checked off my bucket list. Yeah, that would be cool, man, for sure, for sure. And Over and Done, um, I like that song a lot. I, I like it just chugs along. It's a straight rocker. Got some jamming solo work in there. I like it. Thank you, man. Very well, nice. that was one of the songs that I, we first started out with the record. We, uh, the producer, Christopher, Swedish producer, Christopher Fallen, we said, let's try this one song, see if it works. And that song worked for us, and we en- ended up recording a majority of the album together. So... You know, the thing you mentioned about guitar solos, there's 10 songs on the album and 10 guitar solos. We really wanted to make that a point on the album that we had 10 songs, 10 guitar solos, focus on the guitar-driven rock and roll, and hopefully inspire some people to get the guitar in their own hands. Right. Yeah, I like that. That's cool, yeah. You get the newer generation into music and inspiring and influence. I like it. So how does... Less turntables and more guitars in people's hands. That's what I, that's what all we're preaching. Heck yeah, man. Natural instruments, right? Not not the digital crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I agree 100%. So um, how does the Roxy 77 project, I mean, I, I know your, you know your solo Ryan Roxy is different than Roxy 77, um, but what is like the difference there? Like what uh, musical differences did you have between the two? What, uh, you know, thematic dis- uh, differences, any differences? It all differences goes back to, to, to me, it all goes back to the guitar and an instrument that most people associate me with Alice Cooper. Um, and my association with Alice Cooper has always been one of a guitar player. And when I did the Roxy 77 albums or I did uh, DPM, it was a little bit more of that power punk sort of, you know, two and a half minute, three minute power songs. And it didn't have a lot of guitar solos in, on those albums. There were some, but then this album, like I said, we took the guitar up a notch, 
focused a little bit more on getting the correct tones for the right parts and the right solos and the overall uh, the overall finished product I think lends itself to being a little bit more guitar driven but at the same time I'm very proud and happy with the uh, earlier Roxy 77 and DPM albums as well yeah cool yeah, and the, the second album that you released with Roxy 77 the two sides to every story you had a full band version and an acoustic stripped down version of each song what was the influence there to do uh, two different versions of each song I always want to do something different with every release, maybe something that hasn't been done before, or maybe something that's been tried very few times. And this was to do an electric, you know, to do a proper album, but then make one half of it be the electric side with all, you know, electric bomb-basting guitars and loud drums and all the production, and then make the other side the exact same order but acoustic and maybe possibly some different arrangement of those acoustic uh, songs as well, but in the same exact order. So if you go to two sides of every story, you'll hear both the versions of that. Then on the next album, the Amerisuite, we did sort of a similar type of twist on it. We did the American side and the Swedish side, where the American side was basically um, some lush production, a little bit more radio-friendly, and then the Swedish side was a little bit more uh, indie pop and sort of underground production as well. Same songs, again, but two different types of production. So we always try to do something a little different with with each album. Right, that's cool, yeah, because like you said, yeah, it's given that, you know, different aspect to a song. I, I like that. That's that's a cool thing to do, for sure. Thanks. Um, so how did you start as a musician? I, I see that your parents played some instruments in uh, high school bands, stuff like that, and I, I saw that you wanted to actually be a drummer. Is that true? I started out with the drums, but I really quickly realized that being a drummer was going to make me have to go to the shows early, have to set up all the gear, <laughs> and uh, then wait till everybody else was done with the show. Then I could start tearing down my drums, and I'd have to leave last. <laughs> I'd probably have to own a van so I could put all my damn drums in. So <laughs> I very quickly made the decision to switch over to guitar, and then yeah. uh, I could stand in front of the band. That would be kind of fun, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm a drummer, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot. You know, drums so you are definitely a lot. You feel my pain. You feel my pain. So that you know what? Well, I've I never actually it. played a gig. I never played a gig, but in order, you know, I could see where you would have to set things up and everything. You know, it would take a long time, and and you'd have to lug them around and all that. So, for sure. And unless unless you have a very understanding band, you're probably going to end up setting setting up in the back. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, I like <clears throat> I see that you like to keep it classic with uh, playing the Gibson Les Paul. Um, there's a lot of you know videos of you out there playing a lot of Gibson Les Pauls on the internet jamming well, away. I play the, the yeah I play Gibson Les Pauls because my guitar heroes played Gibsons and stuff. I, you know, one of my biggest heroes was Peter Frampton growing up, and you know I still remember that Frampton Comes Alive album. He's playing a Gibson Les Paul. So I think we always as guitar players, we play the guitars that our guitar heroes play. And I, am, I always say this, though. You play the right guitar for the right song. So if you have a song that demands a Stratocaster, then you better be playing that Stratocaster for that part. Or if you have a song that 
you know, demands a Gibson, you play that. So play the right guitar for the right song and make sure that the guitar aesthetically fits the song as well. And that's what I try to do with the Alice Cooper band. That's why I take out so many different types of Gibsons because they have a lot of different shapes and I always find one to make it work for my uh, Alice Cooper show. Cool, cool. Speaking of Alice Cooper, so 1996 was uh, your first show with Alice Cooper was at Sammy Hagar's Cabo Wabo Club in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Is that correct? That is totally correct, and a lot of people don't know this, but my very first time ever jamming with Alice Cooper on stage, it was recorded as a live album, which became Fistful of Alice. It was taped, videoed for a VH1 special, and also it was the first time I'd ever jammed on stage with Rob Zombie, uh, Sammy Hagar, and Slash. And that was actually where Slash and I first started uh, playing off each other together, and we played really well together. So that eventually led off to me being in Slash's Snake Pit and us recording the Slash's Snake Pit record in Life Grand. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, that that must have been a pretty sweet experience there for sure, like you said. <laughs> and Sammy Hagar's always been a great guy, too. Even after us, you know, recording the album there at Cabo Wabo, every time I see him uh, in Hawaii, he has a place out in Hawaii, and we we're lucky enough to go there uh, on New Year's Eves and do shows there with Alice's manager and Alice. So Sammy's always there hanging around. I've actually been able to play a few Sammy Hagar classics with him at these shows. So it's always cool to play these classic songs with these classic artists. Nice, nice. So how has all the years of being in Alice Cooper help help you as a musician, a performer, and a songwriter? Well, it's definitely given me all the experience that I need of seeing the world and seeing the world playing music. And it's taught me how not just to deal with music and other band members, but how to deal in the music business era. That's why, you know, at this point I have my own label and that's why I distribute the albums through other labels. And I work with people like Bellyache Records that distribute our vinyl for Imagine Your Reality and work with for the CDs with Cargo Records. But then I maintain all my own digital uh distribution rights so I can do things like what I'm doing right now, which is releasing one single at a time um, on this Imagine Your Reality album. Mm -hmm. So, all, you know, playing with Alice and learning all these sort of business tips and just experience, I guess you would say, through the years, I've, it's really helped me with this solo venture that I'm headed on right now. Right, cool. So, yeah, you're currently on tour with Alice Cooper. Um, how's how's the tour going, man? I see uh, tomorrow night you're in Colorado. Last night you were in Kansas City. You'll be here in Pittsburgh on October 26th. Yeah, AJ. we're looking forward to just doing tons and tons of rock shows. I mean, we're starting uh, hitting all of U.S. and Canada. We get some shows with Ace Freely as well, then a ton of Alice Cooper solo shows, and you're going to get to hear – a ton of guitars in the next couple months, and uh, hopefully you'll follow not just my solo record, but you'll also follow the Alice Cooper tour as well. And uh, at one point, you'll see us at one of the shows or both. Right. Yeah, and I want to talk about that show that you're having, too, at the Smiling Moose on October 25th, if you can talk about that for people that will be interested well, in that. Well, it's going to be a fun sure. time. We, yeah, when we come through 
whenever there's a night off, we try to get the guys of the band together. It's myself, Chuck Garrick, and Tommy, and our drummer, Glenn. And Glenn and Tommy played on my Imaginary Reality record. But everybody has their own solo thing going. Chuck has a band called Bisto Blanco. Tommy Hendrickson has his own solo albums. And now I have mine. And Glenn has actually played on all three of our solo albums. So when we do these shows, we do a few of our songs. Then we do some classic covers that of bands that totally influence us. And we try to do that on the nights off, but not getting too tired and not getting too burnt out. But... We got a lot of them booked, and the next one is just coming up in a couple of days in Las Vegas. Cool. Yeah, that, yeah, that must be fun to get out there and, uh, you know, change the pace a little bit. And, um, you know, each, like you said, each musician gets to get their little bit of spotlight time and uh, you meet different mm-hmm. fans, a little bit more of an intimate show. Yeah. Well, for the people that, you know, know us through Alice, when they come to an Alice Cooper show, we play so many different Alice Cooper classics, so they get their feel of that. So then when they see this show, and of course we do you know, one or two Alice Cooper songs on these band nights, these band jams, you never know who's going to come up and say hello. And I think it's also important, though, for people to see and listen and experience our own songs and the songs that influence us to become musicians. Yeah, cool. All right, man. Well, I don't want to leave you uh, hanging too much here because I know you're busy. You're on the road. So um, if you got anything else to add. Uh, well, thanks for, thanks for taking the time to chat. Thanks for taking the time to promote guitar-driven music. And like I said, I'll keep making the albums if you keep talking about it and keep playing them, and hopefully people will keep listening to them. And if you want to hear any more of my music or find out anything more about me, the best way to do it is just go to ryanroxy.com or just Google Ryan Roxy and you will find that I'm a guy that's been in the rock and roll trenches for many years, but now maybe this year you might have heard my name. All right, cool, man. Yeah, thanks for talking to me today. Uh, good, uh, Have a good time on tour. Go out see Ryan Roxy on tour with Alice Cooper and Alice Cooper Band and uh, – some of these special shows they're having in between. And don't forget to check out Ryan's new album, Imagine Your Reality, if you haven't already. Iron City rocks, and so does Ryan Roxy. Thanks. Cheers, man. A Paranormal Evening with Alice Cooper. Now I'm old, the nice guy. Alice Cooper, live in concert. Doors at 7, Friday, October 26th, Stage A.E. The new album, Paranormal, is out now. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Stage A.E. box office. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore. Alice Cooper, live. All right, a special thank you to Ryan Roxy for coming on the show once again. Again, he will be with the Alice Cooper Band without Alice and Nita Strauss on the 25th of uh, October, doing a show at the Smiling Moose on East Carson Street in Pittsburgh. Tickets are 27 bucks, and they can be purchased only by calling this number, 330-219-0016. Again, the number, 330-219-0016. All right, so those tickets are going to be available. There's a very limited number, I believe like 150 tickets, so it should be a, a killer show, killer intimate and then the next night on the 26th, uh, doing the full-on Alice Cooper experience with Alice and Nita uh, at your friends at Stage AE. 
uh, it'd be a fantastic show so great way to get yourself in the mood for halloween and all things fall to have alice come in that time of year we've been getting alice in the summer for a number of years and it's fantastic to see him outside Uh, but i think that close to halloween i don't know if many of you remember and i'm sure many of you do when alice did the uh live from detroit on mtv uh, and i was a pretty young music fan at the time when i saw that with kane roberts and such and it was really just amazing to see alice at that time of year it's kind of like uh seeing uh, santa claus at christmas to see alice at halloween so check that out also you can visit us at ironcityrocks.com we're on facebook instagram youtube and twitter are all forward slash iron city rocks or you can catch us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com if you're interested in the show you've got suggestions you've got criticisms complaints whatever just uh, send us an email we'd love to hear from you so until next time we want to thank you for listening